Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and arrive at Live 34 for episode number 313. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. That's a lot of numbers to try to keep track of. How are you guys? We're Live 313. Yes, it's true. <laughs> Almost Live. Almost Live 313. Not quite. Recorded Live. <laughs> Recorded Live from <laughs> each other. You assume I'm live. I hope so. <laughs> You're not dead. <laughs> Yet. Are you undead? What are you? What are you saying? That's Much like, like Stanley, I plan to keel over at this table not, in the middle even, of a show. No, stop! That's not even funny. Stop! Stop! Yeah, I'll knock on wood. <laughs> stop! Oh, put his filter back on, would you? <laughs> oh, I'm in, I was in charge of that one. <laughs> I told you not to let him take it off. Oh. Just for a few minutes, that's what you said. Just for a few minutes, Glenn. And then we forgot to put it back on. Uh, <laughs> mayhem. And it got, I think the cat stole it and took it off to the other room. <laughs> cat is now chewed it up. We can't use it anymore. It's just Gotta get a new one. broken now. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not talking about death. I cannot tell a lie. No talking about death. It is 2017. We're okay. Yeah, and here, here, for, for those of you in the news industry... This is the one-year anniversary of David Bowie dying. This is the one-year anniversary. I don't need a recap of last <laughs> year. I don't even run those. That's kind of silly. Stop. Yep. Yeah. It was one year ago today. <laughs> Thanks for the reminder of how crappy 2016 was. We burned that. You don't get to talk about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. There's a reason we did that. Yeah, no, I haven't been running any of that. I see that occasionally stuff comes across the wires, and I'm like, nope, nope. Not I see it on Facebook more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, CNN had a thing the other day Did on Bowie, yeah. Cinema blend. <laughs> They're really big on that. Uh, clickbait. clickbait. Yep, clickbait. yep. Clickbait. You know, it's totally not clickbait. It's our first piece of news. And if we were going to do news first, that would have been a great segue. <laughs> well, we are going to do news first, then. All right. Well, let's do news, and then we'll talk about what we did this week. <laughs> we mixed it up last week. Let's mix yeah, it up this week, absolutely. Too. So what's, what's that what totally is the big not news? clickbait article to you? <laughs> what, what's the big news? Oh, you want to start with that clickbait? No. Uh, Glenn, you were the one that brought this news, so you should bring it up. I don't know what you're talking about. I would never, <laughs> ever encourage clicking on anything like that. No. About um, <laughs> possible missing episodes found. Yeah, apparently there is another rumor in the rumor mill. And I actually just I posted this on Facebook, our Facebook page because Sean would have done it anyway. <laughs> so I figured I'd just beat him to the punch. Uh, no, actually, Hybrid Particles has an article. <laughs> Hybrid Particles has an article um, on the title Doctor Who Two Missing Hartnell Episodes Found? The question, question mark at the mark. end. Uh, apparently what they're saying is someone has posted, a YouTube video was posted claiming that a poster on Outpost Gallifrey, so it's a friend of a friend, <laughs> has reported that apparently there are 
a couple of episodes of Hartnell being found now, missing ones. Now, we've been through this before many times with the Omni rumor and with the different various things, and I think there have been more announcements over the last two years than there have been episodes of Doctor Who found in history, but... (laughs) (laughs) On this day, seven years ago. What gives us a little bit of credence, and what will pin Sean's hopes from here until the next three months, is the fact that the poster on this particular post on Outpost Gallifrey is uh, by the screen name Evil Johnny. And he I'm inspired with confidence already. He is purported to have been correct with the announcements that he apparently said uh, before they were actually announced for Web of Fear and Enemy of the World. Although at the time he had also said Marco Polo was one of those, and he is also was one of the first ones to post that uh, Evil or not Evil uh, Power of the Daleks was going to be produced on DVD. Uh, he did not say episodes were found on that one. He just said there would be a DVD. Lo and behold, he's been right a couple of times. So I th- that leaves a little credence to this, but I have never heard of this site, Hybrid Particles, before. So they apparently are jumping on this to make sure they get it out there first. But Great name. I thought, <laughs> yeah. I thought it warranted a mention that there is maybe some possible credible evidence that there's more uh, Hartnell found. What do you guys think of that? Optimistic. Optimistic, yeah. Well, uh, according to the article, also says there was another person that posted, my friend just said two missing Hartnells will be back. He or whoever told him suspects the remainder will be animated, doesn't know which stories. And it doesn't say if that's the same person or not. So there could be multiple sources claiming this. Makes me wonder if it's it's one of those situations where they have two of a four-part and they feel like they can animate the other two parts. So. Well, that narrows it down. Uh, if we go with that theory, we'd have the smugglers. Smugglers, uh, savages? Is that one? No, uh, massacre is mi- completely missing. Well, I don't, think, I don't even sure. Galaxy Four. Yeah, although Galaxy Four has gotten a little bit of a treatment, but yeah, you're right. They did, but they they found one of that. That would mean if they found two more of that one, there would only be, be one man. That's true. Um, Crusade, Crusade is missing some, not all. There is a episode of the Crusade out there. Yeah, I mean, Hartnell's got the fewest now missing compared to Troughton, but... Uh, well, it's it, a lot of the nice. later Trout, I mean, or Hartnell, too, isn't you know, it? We've, we've been uncovering... Yeah. Middle. We've been uncovering Missing Who for, you know, the better part of two decades now, so it's always possible, but this isn't like the Omni rumor where it's all out there, which I think is the <laughs> pie-in-the-sky one that, that I just... Well, the fact that it's just two instead of all of them, are a bit, it, it makes me a bit more, oh, this might actually have some credence to it. Right. And I'm the biggest skeptic when it comes to missing episodes being found. And especially it's not because on the eBay. Only... Yeah, it's not <laughs> on eBay. So I'll be excited if this ends up being true. Uh, it does give me a little bit of hope that this alleged evil Johnny has been right twice before. Although they don't list all the times that he may have posted and he wasn't right. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> but if he really is indeed two for two, then uh, as, as Sean had pointed out when we were discussing the pre-show notes, these could be some of the missing Marco Polo, which is all missing as well. So, which kind of ties in with his earlier yeah comments on that, but well, maybe that, not. That was so many years ago, though. Although, if you found Marco Polo, and you found Enemy of the World, and you found most of Web Planet, Web of Fear, Web of Fear, yeah, and yeah, <laughs> Web Planet can go missing again. Uh, we, <laughs> if you look at that, you had a good chunk of stuff to go ahead and produce, put out there. With Marco Polo, if you only found a couple episodes, that's still a good number of episodes you'd have to animate. 
And so maybe they sat on that and they held on to that. And then with the reception that Power's getting, maybe they're gauging that to see if well, and, and possibly sense. the animation part of it gotten streamlined as they've animated more. And with Power, maybe they were able to streamline it so it's a little cheaper, too. That's possible. I think their problem with their track record of <laughs> well, they change companies is, almost yeah, every that, time. That, that's the problem. But now, but now maybe they landed with somebody who they can they think is affordable and can do a good job well, and turn it quick enough. Too, yeah, I suppose that's possible. Instead anyway. of announcing it and then a year later it comes out, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that sort of thing. Or announcing it and then a year later we keep asking where's it at, where's it at, and then they put out a shoddy version <laughs> that's not even animated. Yes, underwater minutes. Yes. Um, <laughs> Other news, Big Finished announced a big Torchwood announcement. If I remember correctly, this is the missing actor they had not gotten so far for their revival audio series. Feel the burn. <laughs> That's right. Burn Gorman's returning as Owen Harper. The missing actor. <laughs> I segue, Keith. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't stretch at all. <laughs> but if, if I remember correctly, he is the only one they had not gotten back yet, so... That's pretty exciting for Torchwood I mean, fans. they even got Susie for crying out loud. Well, they even got Yvonne Hartman for crying out loud. <laughs> and she's dead. <laughs> well, so is Owen. Spoilers. Well, yeah. Byrne, I think, has just been a busier actor. Isn't Yvonne Hartman so who played Susie? No. No, Yvonne Hartman's oh, Yvonne the, was the, the Torchwood. first Torchwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah before the actual right, show started. That's right. The one that was converted to a Cyberman. Yes. So that's really exciting. You can look forward to that coming out. And our last bit of news is a guest announcement for Time Many 3. Katie Manning will be joining us in Wichita. We get to meet Joe Grant. Yeah. That's exciting. I hope we get to sit down and do a panel with her. I do too. too. That will be fun. Be a lot of fun. Have you met Joe? I can't remember if you went out to. Yeah, she was at Galley one year, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. She is a hoot. A joyous hoot. I don't know what you want. <laughs> well, we're certainly looking forward to Yeah, absolutely. October, right? October. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Book your tickets now and book your room. New venue and everything. What'd you guys do this week? I didn't deal with an ice storm. <laughs> None of us did. We were right in the path of nothing happening. It rained, but that was about it. We should mention for the listeners that aren't necessarily in this part of the country. We uh, an ice storm warning went out on Friday at noon for a storm that was supposed to be here Sunday or Friday Saturday night. Oh, they've been talking about it all week. And uh, I think they well, even put out a warning on Thursday. Our been m- talking about it yeah, all week. On but, Monday, uh, the, they were uh, talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> on on Wednesday, when we started seeing there was a possibility, KSAT started talking about it. The <laughs> Anyway, it's not my so, department. You can dig that. <laughs> we had an ice storm that we all basically shut ourselves in for that never happened here. So it happened elsewhere, it all around us, pretty much. It hit the uh, southwest part of the state pretty hard. The southern it hit part of the Nebraska state got some. pretty hard. Even Oklahoma. our eastern or western counties got part of it. Some Manhattan got a little bit more. Than we Dodge did. is still without power, aren't yep, they? Dodge yeah, Florida. I think a lot of Missouri got hit too. Yeah. It was all around us, as Pete said. <laughs> we, we, we got bumpkiss. We got rain. That's what we got. Yep. But you did watch what? Uh, Life Itself, the uh, Roger Ebert documentary. Oh, yeah. It's on yeah. Netflix, and it is wonderful. It is wonderful. Hmm. Have you seen it? Uh-huh. Okay. It's a little uncomfortable to watch because it was at the very end stages of his cancer. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, but it's 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 really well done. It's You could tell it was a, a passion of his to have it done. So It was just really, really, really good. And Roger Ebert's one of those film critics that I've kind of always 
for the most part, we have similar tastes. So if he liked something, I kind of felt, all right, cool. If he didn't like something, most of the time, okay, cool. <laughs> So it was a, it was well, a very interesting one. Well, that's telling because uh, Gene Siskel I was usually more in line with. So <laughs> it depended on the film. Sense. It depended on the film. <laughs> and anytime he would get to ragging particularly hard on a film, I would go, hey, you wrote Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. What do you know? <laughs> <laughs> they spent a good chunk of time talking about they that did, in yeah. the documentary. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's worth watching. It's very much worth watching. put that in my queue. Oh, we didn't do much. Um, I hooked up a printer that we bought three months ago <laughs> good job then thanks i figured i was at home i needed to do something uh kids and i played a lot of games Holly went out of town for a little bit this weekend oh i finished the latest wife in space book which is neil and sue perriman's uh blog that they're turning the book this is the second part of the tom baker years and it's the mad one <laughs> and actually this was called the still the mad one and it goes through the second half of baker's era tom baker's era so uh-oh. Still enjoyable. Still loving it. Started Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, parts one and two. That's pretty much it. Bunch of board games and Xbox this week. <laughs> Thankfully, the power didn't go out because we got to spend more time on Xbox than we probably should have. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really do anything either. Um, I wound up having to work Sunday. That means I get Wednesday off, so that's something. Ooh. Started reading Legends of River Song. Two stories into that. It's all right so far. How many stories are there total? I don't know. Oh, you don't know. <laughs> I didn't look ahead. I, I didn't, honestly. I might have, there might have been a table of contact since, but I don't remember. I want to say five. Because I'm two stories in and I'm 43% done. So okay. five would be about right. I think The Legend of Shielder had five stories. Yeah, I think so too. Four? Oh, it did Only have four. four. Yeah, you're right. Oh. Well, why do you hold your fingers up? This is a podcast. You can talk. <laughs> I didn't know if that was relevant. <laughs> you normally don't like it when I call you out and say, no, they're wrong. <laughs> Other than that, we just caught up on some shows. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. came back this past week. Oh, it was oh so I forgot. Good. I haven't watched it yet. It was a good one. It. Yeah. It, <laughs> things uh, developed way more than I thought they would and moved quicker than I thought they would. It felt like a season finale. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, or a season premiere. I was going to say, I think... Maybe. I, I, think <laughs> I don't know if there's enough resolution to be a season finale. Penultimate Agent, episode. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., though, has always been really good about doing a real bang-up se- uh, mid-season finale and a real good mid-season premiere or return. It's a really good mid-season yeah. return. And there's a lot of episodes left this season because that was like only episode nine or something. So yeah. we're going to deal with this story arc, I think, for a really long time. And I'm happy because there was no Ghost Rider. <laughs> <laughs> This felt like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It was like, yeah! No, it's picking up some threads that were uh, laid a little earlier in the season, too. Oh, yeah. So, and even before Ghost Rider showed up. Sorry, just find this one more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Ghost Rider a lot. It was pretty good. He will be missed. Oh, he'll return. <laughs> I guarantee he'll come back. By the end of this season, I bet he's back. Definitely. John, did you watch anything else? Or is that, that movie it? Um, we watched the first episode of Sherlock, finally. We're into season five of Next Gen. I think I said that last time. <laughs> I got Mel. We watched Unification Part One. Oh, I love that one. The Return of Spock. And she didn't know. <laughs> and so she's oh, oh, and there's this photo. And she's, you know, she's into it. Episode, episode, episode. And then he shows up at the end to be continued. And oh, man, the daggers that I got. <laughs> Play the next episode. It's like, but we really don't have it. Play the next episode. <laughs> okay. uh, um, I like that too. Uh, probably, 
probably yeah, for nostalgia's sake, although it's a pretty good episode or pretty good story arc. It's a little frustrating in retrospect now to know that Spock spends the next however many years on Romulus working toward unification, leaves to go get red matter to save the planet, <laughs> fails, <laughs> gets thrown into an alternate timeline. So the next 20 years are kind of a wash. <laughs> yeah, that's true. true. That's certainly true. But, yeah. you know, it's still good. Should we move on to feedback? Let's do. Our first bit of feedback comes from Simon. He writes, Blood of Atlantis. Hi, guys. One good review deserves another. I hadn't encountered your podcast before. Highly entertaining stuff. Obviously, it helps that you guys got so much out of my book, but honestly, such a great combination of analysis and discussion and plenty of laughs. Actually, I'm reasonably convinced you guys would have made it entertaining even if you'd hated the book. (laughs) Heck, maybe next time I'll go all out and write a stinker and put that to the test. (laughs) Bon voyage on your future vortex travels, SAF or Simon. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, Simon. It's kind of nice to hear back from the author after you've reviewed his book. (laughs) (laughs) We're glad you enjoyed our review of it. Yeah, maybe we could uh, get with Simon and uh, see about doing an interview with him down the road. It would be fun. Yes. Any other feedback? Our other bit comes from Scott, who posted this on our website. (laughs) (laughs) I realized I didn't have it pulled up. (laughs) Sorry. I complained last week. I don't have anything to read. And now this week you do. Should have gave it to Glenn. Yeah, like I have it ready. Scott writes, Happy New Year. Hello, Kansas crew. Happy 2017. I can't say enough how glad I am and 2016 is dead and gone. I went out the first time in years on New Year's Eve just to celebrate it. The first song they played for 2017? Let's Dance by David Bowie. The last was Freedom by George Michael. It fed my spirit. Speaking of spirits, while I was out, I realized something so clever, at least to me, about this year's Christmas story. I've heard about a tradition in the UK of telling ghost stories during the holidays because of a Christmas carol. I don't know. I do know Mark Gatiss has written a few ghost stories for the BBC, and there are some that get repeated every year. Moffat, being Moffat, did something different using ghost in three different ways. One was the name of the jewel that gave the kid his powers, two was his heroic name, and three something different but kind of sweet, the doctor being haunted by his last night with River, with Nardle there to drive the point home. I had expected you guys would have loved this story as much as I did. It was just fun. I loved all the tropes, especially how a reporter as sharp as Lucy couldn't figure out who the ghost was, even with the doctor's hints. Even the New York where the story took place had a comic book feel. And didn't the evil alien doctor have a slightly European accent? The squeeze toy of truth was bizarre, but I liked it. It was all what I was expecting, but a little bit more. Anyway, to each his own. I'm curious to know what you think about the end to Power of the Daleks. Did anyone see the colorized version Christmas morning? Take care, Scott from Philly. Thank you, Scott. I can't Thanks, remember. Scott. We, we talked about the two episodes, but I don't know if we talked much about the ending. He had sent this uh, before I think that episode actually went out, ah, and we missed it. Okay, uh, so that's probably why then. That's why. Well, I'll refer back. A couple so go of back to that. <laughs> go back to that episode, and then uh, see what, to what we, we thought of the ending of that. And then, of course, we'll revisit uh, Power of the Daleks again in a few weeks uh, and, when it's released on DVD, and talk more about the colorization yeah. too. I can say, and I think I mentioned a little bit in the show that it did fix a lot of problems I had with the black and white with the. the representation of the character in the black and white. Chrissy also left us a 
quick message on Facebook uh, as kind of a PS to her feedback from last week. Uh, hey boys, just had another thought about the Christmas special. The doctor putting Grant's glasses on even though he wears a mask as the ghost isn't a production error. It's part of the doctor's understanding of superheroes. To him, all superheroes are supposed to wear glasses in their civilian personas. Grant wasn't playing his role properly at, in that moment, so the doctor fixed that for him. In the doctor's mind, he's helping Grant. It's yet another play on the superhero tropes. That's a valid point, Chrissy. Still silly, but that could be your headcanon. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. Between Christy and Scott, I've kind of decided that maybe I just need to go back and rewatch the Christmas special with a fresh set of eyes. And, and, and maybe just maybe I was in a grouchy mood. It was at the end of Christmas. I was tired. You know, family. I, I wondered that, too. Yeah. Maybe I just wasn't in the mood. Maybe I just need to sit down and watch it again. I'll try it. I don't know when. But <laughs> We'll report back when you do. Maybe next Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely next Christmas, because usually we rewatch it. That's true. For Friday Night Who? Sometimes. <laughs> All I need is the air that I... Oh, sorry. <laughs> Let's move on that was to... Random. <laughs> you said sometimes. You had set me up. Oh. Right. Sometimes. All I need is the air that I breathe. Oh, yeah, I get it now. I'm with it. <laughs> but he's not impressed. And to love you. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on to our reviews. What should we start with? Shall we start with the audio? Go Let's start with the audio. Doctor order. You're listening to Live 34. Live 34. News on the hour, every hour. Live 34. Broadcasting the Colony 34. All day, every day. Live 34. Constantly updated every minute of every hour. Live 34. Sport, weather, business, local news, interplanetary affairs. Live 34. Live, independent, accurate, comprehensive. Live 34. All news, all day, every day. Live 34. Reports are coming in of an explosion. On the line now is the leader of the FDP. The president is about to begin his address. We can see bodies in the wreckage. Bum, bum, bum. Glenn hated it. No, no, that was fine. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. It was good. So this is Big Finish's version of Sleep No More. <laughs> what? Well, not not content wise, but uh, style wise. So, okay. They were trying to do something different. They were, they were breaking the Doctor Who mold by doing. Uh, yes, news. there's probably things I would compare it to better than that. But yeah, you're, you're, it was certainly. <laughs> it's it's the only TV ver- TV episode that I can think of that breaks the mold like this does. Yeah, I suppose I. Wasn't Doctor Who and the Pirates breaking? Yeah, that, that no, did, that did, that's a different. That's a, that's even that's an a even different. different. That'd be a Doctor Who. I, I, say, I think there's more big finish that I think have broke the mold, but I mean, it just seems to be strange to go to the TV episode as an example because they're well, big, big, this is nothing new for big finish. I appreciate true. the way they did it. I certainly like that. I like the uh, fact that there's no lead-in music or trailer music, and it actually. Until they get taken off the air and you get 30 some odd seconds of beep. Yeah. (laughs) It went on forever. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But that was cool. It was clever. The transitions were really neat from episode to episode. Um, I liked the uh, radio show theme of how they did it, how everything was delivered as though it was being delivered live or obviously recorded when the uh, one journalist ends up going and, and meeting with Ace. I think that it seemed odd to me that the doctor, who this is of all of the doctors, 
The seventh doctor is the one that would do something like this. Set it up and, and manipulate the chess pieces, as, as so, to, uh, so to speak. You think it's odd that it's the seventh doctor? I don't think it's odd. Oh, I you think, don't think he's it's the odd. only one that can do it. I think it's odd when the doctor puts companions in as much peril as they do, as uh, allowing Ace's role in this to go as far as it did. It's almost, I don't know that it's unusual, but it's unnerving. Uh, even Hex seems to be put in, in an undue amount of danger in this particular situation so that the Doctor can go far enough to prove what's going on here. Um, well, to me, some of those things felt more like they were outside of the Doctor's control, especially what they did to Ace near the end. Uh, the amount of torture, I don't think he... You know, it's almost like he didn't anticipate that, or and he should. Or that's the he that's, should have. That's the yeah. problem is he is maneuvering the chess pieces, and so he has to expect that there is a possibility that this. Can happen. Well, and Ace comments that she shouldn't have gotten caught, but yeah, if you're gonna, I mean, admittedly, of all of the companions that the Doctor could have set but, up to go do this, Ace is, is the, you know, and, maybe and, Leela, and someone but, strong, uh, hard-headed enough to insist to go do it too. Yeah. I think my problem with that, though, is we don't know how long Ace and the Doctor have been traveling together at this point in Big Finish. That's if true. this was Ace from some of the, uh, and this is a bad example because we don't have a good palette of the uh, storylines, but in the New Adventures, where I think the, the development of Ace was going, I think that it seems more logical because they had traveled for a long time. She was quite travel hardened and adventure hardened and she was becoming much older she'd kind of come into adulthood at that point i think with young ace you you skirt the line of you have to remember that when they met she was a 16 year old girl and while i think she's grown and matured even over the course of the television show it is really hard to place how old is ace at this point that you're putting her in situations that she's required to act as a, an adult, whereas with Sarah Jane, who's much older and uh, I don't want to say more responsible, but more mature, and it, it seems more likely to put something of that, someone of that age, or Leela, who who you know is as strong as you kind of alluded to. It's it's difficult to feel good about them being chess pieces, especially when this is only Hex's like second or third story <laughs> with the Doctor. And uh, Ace, you, we, you still just don't know how long they've been traveling together. So well, she's been around long enough to have gone through the whole Colmy McShane phase, which was yeah. kind of a turning point within the big finish stories. So, I mean, this is post that at least. And, and all the well, we the know previous the coldest, episodes. Cold it certainly put her through a lot. Yeah, yeah. So. and the previous episodes with Hex, where he's she's talking to him about how it feels like she's been traveling with him forever, etc., makes it seem like she is significantly older than when we last saw her on television at the very least and the amount of danger that hex was in i mean he's an ambulance paramedic that's kind of within his wheelhouse you know well again i think i'm not saying you're, you're wrong missing, you're missing I'm the big picture here though, because I, I agree I while that, i think eh. they were being utilized to their strengths i agree with that 100 percent. when the doctor sends them into what at this point from the point of view of the rebels are the combat zones that's that's where, I, like I say, I, uh, that's not a huge strike against it, but it's one of those things that I sit back and go, is this really something that the Seventh Doctor, is he that 
aloof and unaware or irresponsible to, to go push them to the point where they would be in that much danger. Yes, he's done it before, but I mean, it is just in these situations, it just seems. And I think the the thing that lends to my thinking that is you have very little to go on as to what's going on oh, yeah, that's, because of the delivery and the format. So right. and you don't really know what's general. happening other than the little tidbits we get here and there. Right. I mean, they, they do a good job of filling in some gaps. Together. No, yeah. yeah. Especially all of them with the doctor. Like, they're off doing their own thing and maybe sending carrier pigeons or something to <laughs> relay a message here and there, but that's about it. I think my only other gripe, and it wasn't even that bad, is I think the resolution is done poorly. I think it's done too quickly. It. I don't know how to fix it, though. I don't know what well, could have been done different because of the format it was being presented that's in. The, that's, that's a slight problem with the format is the fact that you don't get the exposition earlier in the story, so you have to lump it all at the end when right. you get the big reveal of here's what's really been going on this right. entire time. So I suppose it can be forgiving because of the format. If this had been a lot of exhibition at the end, as we've gotten in some big finish, where we're like, okay, that was just wrapped up too quickly, I'd have had a problem if it was a standard format. With this format, it could be forgiving. I agree. I think the ending, if it falls down anywhere, I think it's on the ending. I think it's a little ham-fisted that he's not just evil or not just in a totalitarian society. All of those are things wrong enough to get overthrown. But no, he's burning bodies. (laughs) For fuel. (laughs) Is he a cannibal as well? Because we got a couple more boxes that we could tick (laughs) off here. Instead Um, of Soylent Green is people, it's Exxon Green is people. (laughs) Um, And it, it felt a little... I think maybe rushed is maybe the right word for it because now that we've got uh, you know the first segment with the doctor, the second segment with Ace, the third segment with Hex, and then using the fourth to kind of tie all those threads together, but doing it over the radio broadcast in the middle of the thing, and maybe they just let the uh, the premiere prattle on too long. Maybe that was the problem. They could just I don't know, but I agree with you. It's just like boom. Oh, okay. <laughs> the premiere did a little too much scenery chewing, I think, at the end too. I think he was he was it was a well calculated character until the end, and then it got yeah, very. Yeah, I would agree yeah. with that. He's burning bodies. He had to be. He's got his evil. other version of himself for tied up and. That was something else I kind of was yeah, like. Really, it felt like a cheat. Yeah, it felt like a a trope. We're gonna, we're gonna fall back on evil duplicate. Yeah. Okay. Just make him evil. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Um, I think one of the nice things about it is is that based on the fact that you kind of figure out what's going on very early on. But the thing is, tying it together is, is what the meat of the story is, is. How are we going to prove that this is going on? So it's not like those surprises of, well, the government's been behind it all along. We know the government's been behind it yeah. all along just from the context of what we're getting. So mm-hmm. we automatically know that. So they dispel with that automatically. Like, okay, we'll let you in on that. I mean, we they don't. Like, if they don't shove it in your face. But you know just from the, the evidence that we're getting. You're, you're already pieced that together. It's the how is this being subverted? How is this being, you know, hidden from the masses? And what? Yeah, so that little trip from that point where you, of discovery to the point of revelation is, is good. It's well done. And by doing it through those journalists was was a nice piece. In fact, I, I really came to like the uh, female journalist. Uh, I wish I could remember her name. It was like Charlotte Singh. Singh, yeah, Charlotte Singh. I, I I really enjoyed her. I thought that she was very good. I like she was she was the right amount of skeptical but journalistic and and digging and you know giving the benefit of the doubt to Hex in some instances and also giving that journalistic you know integrity of 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 challenging Hex on when he would bring things up so I thought that was Do you good. have her 
link on the on the page there. Mm-hmm. She sounded familiar to me, and I wonder. She was if- in the gathering. She played Jody in the gathering. Okay. She sounds like maybe she's of Indian descent too. I believe she is. Okay, I've got it now. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> the presenter that uh, is is driving this in the in the studio. I Nick think Briggs. was really really well done, and obviously that was Nick Briggs. You can tell from the voice. Um, and the journalist that the first one that gets pulled that goes in to meet with the Rebel Queen. I thought he he did a really really well done. Yeah. In fact, it's 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 almost a mix of sensationalized radio presence with NPR journalism. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of melded together, and I I kind of appreciated that. It was all things considered, with you know kind of an LA news station <laughs> story, you know, a feel to it, which and I thought worked really well. Top Gear. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was good. It was good. I really, really, really enjoyed at least the first three parts of this. I was just riveted to not only the the, the concept and the breakdown and how it was put together and just just kind of in awe of the whole thing. And there was a part of me that was really kind of rooting for the Doctor to become president of his third planet, <laughs> <laughs> but it was not to be. Um, He'd been premier in this case, or not of the planet of that colony. Just yeah, because it's yeah. just Colony Thirty Four. It's still an impressive track record. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it just at the end. I really think kind of it, it, it faltered just enough at the finish line that it was like, uh, yeah. There was also this. I don't know if you guys felt this way or not. There was this prevailing sense of kind of scary serendipity listening to this now. <laughs> I kind of thought about the same. Thing. I just was like, hmm. Uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm not going to go any further. I just okay. Just wait till you get to the unit silenced box set. There's something there even more so. Oh, wait really? till you get to next week's comics. <laughs> oh, really and I went, oh man. <laughs> uh, for me, the story. While I enjoyed the format, I felt like I was still missing large chunks of the story to fit the entire thing together and then with the end dropping down it kind of it lowered its standard its marks for me a little bit just because of those aspects i like knowing the entire thing instead of most times i like knowing the entire thing uh instead of kind of leaving some stuff to my imagination it just depends on how the story is told i would agree like how long were they on this colony well they at one point ace mentioned two years yeah Yeah. she they so I, i just felt like i didn't get enough information to put a cohesive enough story from our main character's perspective i've got great cohesive story from a citizen's perspective but when i watch doctor who i want to know what's happening to my characters or listen to it so that's that's where it loses some works for me one of the instances where maybe the formatting kind of because it could only be told and, 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 this way. Yeah, and there's no other way they could have added more without long chunks of exhibition like the end without giving us more details right. of what's happened. I mean, and they did a good they did do a really good job trying to fill in those gaps with the ace section and the hex section and all of those things. But it's just kind of uh, I I need I needed a little bit more. Well and you have to suspend some of the live news gathering element of as, as well because once we get into the situations where the journalists are following along with you, those were the parts i enjoyed the those, most those, yeah because you're yeah. getting a lot of the the uh, details involving our, our our characters our main characters that we know but i think you have to kind of suspend the idea of the lead along that you get with live radio because there obviously is more time here than we're 
kind of presuming as it as the it's, yeah. it's not like a you know the length of the the radio broadcast is two hours. We obviously skip days. It's obviously skipping yeah. days ahead. So yeah. you kind of have to spend that. Which, which the breaks did, help. So. They did a pretty good job of making it so each episode was pretty much its own. That was that length and then we move on to the next day or right. however many days later. And they, they made that clear enough for me too that I didn't think, oh, this is the same hour? What's going on? No, I, I, yeah. I got clear indication of it's been the however many days or whatever. Plus, it's another planet and another time, so radio is different than we expected. <laughs> Especially that whole drolling on live with what's her name when he went to visit the the lady that was the the show, oh. and he was basically going there to look at her bandages. It was nothing exciting, you know, just yeah. to make sure the wound was okay, or retreat it or redress it. And when uh, what's her name, uh, the journalist gets sent off to the kitchen to get you know tea. <laughs> I don't think that the, she would have left the line the of equipment in, in, yeah. in our day in society. Just that wouldn't happen. No. She would not have gone off and done tea so that we could get some of that dialogue. In this medium, we had to have that dialogue between yeah. the two. So. Overall, it was it was interesting. It was it was good. I enjoyed it. I appreciated the format. As I think we've all agreed, the, the, the what suffers is the end. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd want a whole lot more in this format either. I think this one instance is good. Maybe if if they found a way to improve on it in the future, yeah, sure. But I don't think they have to do it again though, because I think it's it's one of those situations. It's kind of that a, it's a one off, you know. Yeah. It's kind of like Doctor Who and the Pirates. It's kind of like other times that they've been yeah. flip flop where they've done something. Yeah, you know, it's I I think it's a one off, and, and they move on and they find some other inventive way to do it eventually down the line as well. Which thinking back to some of the stories that we've listened to took place before this, it did feel like they were kind of building up to something like this. Well, the gather not the gathering but the one before that had a lot of kind of radio or television bits in it and there was another one that I remember having a lot of the, the one that's now hit me and I still can't remember the name of it is the one that, that with uh, the seventh doctor Mel where there's the music competition going on well yeah there was that's that the one, one too. that I would have equated bang, this bang, one. A boom. bang bang, bang a boom. boom this is probably more in style but, to that as this is but it's there be- were because some, you've got the presenter that's kind of yeah filling in the the interim gaps yeah there, so. but some of them like had the you know the the radio dial turning through that it felt like it almost because they were I don't know if it's because we reviewed these close to each other the or if, they, if they were on with the um, repository of all knowledge on the moon yeah that, that Cyberman or, story yeah. yeah whatever the name if it was either the gathering or the reaping I don't remember which one it was but I think that was, was the gathering because I think the second gathering one, no, the no, gathering the reaping and then the gathering yeah, yeah okay right. so but I think reaping. there was one more before that one too that even had the radio aspect to it so that felt like it built up one. to it I kind of feel like Big Finish does that a lot, but they, they kind of it's in there. find a theme, they kind of like stick with it for oh. a little bit, build up to a big kind of climax. The or, Fifth Doctor one used more of that radio dial thing, but it was because we were getting chunks of dialogue from other encounters. That's how that's where that played. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, the that's Tegan right. One. Yeah. Yes. yes. Just a habit I've noticed with Big Finish. <laughs> well, they do a lot of things with sound because of their their well, format. yeah, the, and it makes sense. The Whispers of Terror, where we're dealing with a pure sound creature yeah or uh what was this um I, 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 really I, really, that, I do i do appreciate that they find new Zagreus, approaches to Zagreus. using sound and audio and finding new ways to so it doesn't get stale mm-hmm. so it's not just the same kind of format every week i do appreciate it some work better than others even uh is it Chimes at Midnight, that's the War of the Worlds one? Uh-huh. Yeah. No, 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 no. that's Invaders from Mars. Invaders from Mars. Chimes at uh, Midnight no, was the house that, that was possessed, and they were trapped, and they couldn't get out of the house, and there was right. a okay. family. Yeah. 
But they dabbled with elements of sound in that as well. So mm-hmm. let's move on to the comics. We're finally getting around to the Twelfth Doctor's <laughs> season or season year two comics, starting from number one to number five. What did you guys think of the first four? Because <laughs> that's a story arc. Which is interesting because they do the four and then the one in this situation. And I think very rarely, we do get them, but rare, very rarely in any of these limited runs have we gotten a one-off. Uh, there's been occasions where the one-off has been a bridge between two story arcs. Uh, one that comes to mind is the one where the Doctor's talking to himself and the, the others are trying to get into where he's at. Uh, that was kind of a, a... Well, there's a lot of the, the 11th Doctor that, while it connects to the overall story, the it the conflict and the actual issue are one-off. Yeah, but weren't they most of those two story arc two issue story mm, arcs? Depends on the one. This season, season year one, not as much. Okay. The tenth Doctor had that one where it was the two parter and then a single and then a two parter, but that single kind of felt like it was setting. Right. Up that's the that's my point. Is is, is there's, there's there's this real bridge kind of in between. Yeah. This is the Especially one. This the is the, the the first one in a long time that felt like it was just a one off. But yeah, that we're aware of talking with uh, talking about the the. Uh, well, I guess he's right ahead. He knows. Yeah. Well, three, at least up to that point. Part, yeah. Uh, the four parter. You guys start because I, I no. I really I need to kind of formulate my thoughts of this because I didn't love it. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it either. And I, I'm not even certain that I came down on liking the premise of the story either. I liked it. I, I thought I enjoyed I, it. I, I thought it was, it was fun. I thought bringing back the sea devils was a, a, a masterstroke of cool. It's like, oh, we haven't, you know, and they're different, which is okay. Yeah, this does for the Sea Devils what I think the television, the new, the Eleventh Doctor's era did for the Silurians. Yeah, I liked the uh, the the little flashback that we get of the, uh, the Third Doctor <laughs> and the old style of Silurian, yeah. or of uh, Sea Devils as well. Well, and the explanation of well, these ones are a different kind of faction, and how they explain why they look different, I really appreciated. On the design, I don't know if I love it as much. They almost look too froggish. Yeah. To me. I instead of think the choice of that is the fact that I think that the intent kind of is to really separate them from the Silurians, which are more reptilian. Go, These were go more amphibious. amphibious. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I, I think that's dwelling. the idea, but I, I actually I really like the design. I thought that the look of them was really good. I, here's here's my problem with it. The whole time it really felt like a story that had already been done before. Not necessarily in Doctor Who. But kind of that that slow invasion, and that, that reveal you know the invasion of the body snatchers or those kind of stories, and so the whole story felt very familiar to me, and so uh, maybe that's why I didn't enjoy it because it didn't feel like they were doing much different. I mean, they just happened to be hiding out in a school. They've infiltrated the government. I mean, it's just that I think that's where I come down on it is the story wasn't wowing because it was it all felt like familiar territory that i will agree with yeah it sets itself up and it's cool and i like the fact that the mystery part of it doesn't go far enough to leave you going because you kind of i don't know about you guys i suspected early on that this is kind of silurian especially when they get down into the underground thing and then you see once they got into the underground stuff silurians and then they show up oh they're sea devils okay you know great i was worried that maybe they were just going to try and drag that out and leave me guessing and it's like nah you showed me that i'm pretty sure i know this but where i think it doesn't work is they don't explain why these podlings have the uh seti eel ability to infiltrate and take over a human host yeah 
and then why if the master plan is to infiltrate this academy and replace all these members of parliament and government and blah 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 just for the terraforming aspects and promoting pollution when you have super weapons that can easily annihilate the British fleet when they come up to see what's going on, it's like just invade. It felt like <laughs> it just go. It felt like a convenience. It felt like a plot-driven point to say, "Well, you think you've thwarted our plan, but ah, uh, we have a plan B." Well, I would. I'm with you. Plan B should have been plan yeah. A from the beginning because yeah, if they have technology, well, especially that 90 years ago bad. when they showed up, when they. Broke out of because yeah, they said they'd been there for decades, yeah. nearly a century. They said, yeah. So. so why not just invade then when the firepower was even lower? Yeah, and the doctor confirms, oh, your technology is no match for for these guys. And it's like, okay, just. I mean, don't get me wrong. No, I agree. The, 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 I the, agree. Job the two page panel was gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. But it also felt like, well, we haven't blown anything up in a couple of issues. We should probably have a war here. And <laughs> okay, um, you know, the the unit cameo was great. The, the little Easter eggs with the sweater and the, you know, oh, look at Osgood doing her thing. Um, both of them. Both of them. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I liked uh, the phone call between Kate and the doctor. You know, I've got yeah. an emergency. Well, I'm, you can't. I'm, I'm dealing with something. <laughs> <laughs> and then they find out they're dealing with the same thing. That was neat. I liked the doctor's interactions with Clara. It felt like they had really nailed that specific period of time that, that these stories are set in. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that meant I didn't like Clara because I didn't like Clara during that time frame when she's becoming the know-it-all and the, I don't know, she was just a little too smart. A little too impossible. A little too impossible. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so I mean, it was ups and downs. Overall, I thought it was good. For comic book, it's it's fine. You know, it's it's, it's a great little story. I I think the neurotransmitter enhancer things that they put on them was a quick fix, too. I thought that was yeah, a little too convenient. Yeah, all the things the doctor has knocked together. Yeah, it, it, gave, <laughs> it gave the kids a reason to be able to be sort of the, the heroes in the story in order to help fight back. Uh, but on the flip side of that, it just, it, that felt knocked together too quickly. That's my problem with the story, I think. You guys, you guys are helping me flesh this out because I think that really, it, it, number one, it feels familiar, and then number two, it, it, it changes gears so fast and and as you pointed out plan b should have been plan a and from the very beginning we wouldn't have gone through the the uh motions of all of the things that felt familiar to me so i like the idea of the school and that this earthquake had separated it when the tide comes in you're basically isolated when the tide goes out you're you know connected to the rest of the world that was a neat premise but well, it didn't seem like they get went very and even the body snatcher idea of implanting kids so they grow up to be high members of government it's just the follow through with that idea yeah, it, it wasn't used. there it felt used. well it kind of had a children of a corn yeah. feeling yeah. at well, the beginning yeah. with the glowing eyes and you can't leave us ooh scary <laughs> but what started off as an X-Files episode kind of turned into Spearhead yeah a little, a little bit. bit yeah it borrowed heavily from other Doctor Who stories <laughs> again I don't hate it I, didn't, I don't hate it I, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I think you, you hit the nail on the head it's a comic book it's what it was you yeah. know, I, it was it was fine for me in a comic story I'm glad it wasn't a television story or a Big Finish story so. <laughs> it works for the comic although I'd like to see Big Finish bring back the Sea Devils in their own story I think they have okay. I, I just don't think we've gotten there yet I think I, I think I read somewhere that they have done <laughs> they have done I don't know I stopped reading ahead <laughs> <laughs> What about the fourth wall? <laughs> Sean liked this one. I really liked this one. I knew Glenn was not going to be a fan. I could be wrong. 
I read this comic, and it's like... You know why you think that? Comic within a comic, Breaking the Fourth Wall, and how much he hated that Christmas special. That's why. (laughs) And I thought, man, Glenn's not going to like this. But as it went on... Hey, what Christmas special? The The Girl Who Loved Doctor Who. Oh, oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) See that one. But as I've already forgotten about it. And because at first it was like, what are you doing? And then it was like, oh, okay, that's kind of clever. And then it went to being really clever because of how it was actually (laughs) integrated into the story. Once they reveal that it's the flat or the The boneless, boneless, yeah. This is how you do the boneless right. I think we all kind of had some issues with the televised version of the of, of the boneless and i think this really utilizes them to their full potential like it was great and it was scary but it didn't quite yeah get all those and, and this all of a sudden was like oh this is a perfect way to do this and bring them back and oh wow I, yeah i would just i went and checked did jamie matheson write this one he didn't <laughs> but um it, it just felt right in there and i was super jazzed just pretty much across the board the mom the mom of the girl at the very beginning, she's the best character in this because she comes in and she's kind of doing the mom grumble about uh, comics. This is an obsession and you've got this all stuff. And she goes, you know, where are the boys or the girls for that matter? And just rolls with it. And it's like, good for you, mom. You know, just I, she, I loved her. She was fantastic. One panel, whatever she had. <laughs> One, page. One whole page. One page. I just really liked the story. What's great about this story is the fact that it is a one-off issue. The yeah. fact that it, they don't try to stretch it out for more than one issue and make the story become stale. I, I almost wonder if the previous one would have been better served to being shortened and tightened up a little bit. So you got a little bit less of that familiar body snatching stuff and moved on to other stuff quicker. And that's what this does. It just moves along at breakneck pace and just goes all over the place. The other thing that I really appreciate... And this is how you do a... a, a superhero comic book story well yeah <laughs> that was the other thing that was a to, little to play odd homage again, with, with the serendipity since we're reading this post christmas special like almost a full year you know after <laughs> it's like yeah why couldn't you have done this i love the idea that when when you get the episode that the boneless are evil maybe maybe not and the doctor tries talking to them and are you just exploring or are you just stretching your muscles trying to figure out how to get this and this, they don't care they're just going to invade and that's when he goes, okay. And they come back in this one, and we don't humanize them. We don't make you we feel keep sorry them that for way. them. They're just still even. They're it's still like, a virus. I, I really like that. They're that still an not, invasive virus. Don't put a human face on my bad guys. I don't want to feel sorry for Davros. <laughs> I, I think it's okay to put a human At face times. on the bad, it depends yeah, on bad guys every once in a while, yeah. but they don't have to do it every time. Yeah. You're partially right. When I first started reading this comic book, I went, oh, he's already broke the fourth wall, so I'm not going to like this. And then when I find out in the next page why he's broke the fourth wall, I went, okay, that's clever. I don't mind that so much. And then we get to the point where um, Clara goes into the comic book, or no, it wasn't a comic book shop, was it? It was a Mega Mart, but they sell comics there, obviously. Or maybe they were at a comic I think book it was store. Eventually. Comic they were going store. to go to a Mega Mart, but they ended up at a comic book store, I suppose. Anyway, and there's these two people who are... We've tried to tell the authorities that people are getting sucked into these comics, but they won't believe us. Take the comics off the shelves. They did. Don't <laughs> enable the oh, people... Oh, the new comics. The new comics, because she's out there looking at the next issue and gets, of... And the, the doctor gets sucked in because he's looking at the, the comics. Space, or the time surgeon, or whatever the name of the thing. 
take the comics off the dang shelves. If you are so convinced that this is happening, you can't convince anybody else, the next step is to do shut, something about Shut down it. shop. So <laughs> then I'm back to, okay, this is stupid. Okay, so then we get going, and it gets really exciting. And, okay, it's now it's intriguing. Why are people getting sucked into the comics? What's going on? And then they, <laughs> it's the boneless. And I went, ah, oh, I hated these guys. This is, not, this is gonna suck. So I'm thinking, okay, this is dumb. But then, as it progresses along, I'm with you. It was the way that they utilized the boneless in this way that I thought, okay, this makes sense. This is a better vehicle for this kind of storytelling, this kind of entity or being or monster. This really works. While I think that once we got to the end of the uh, the, the story. <laughs> I, as I'm reading it, I'm thinking, thank goodness is a one-parter because you couldn't take this much further than we're going to go with really this. Couldn't. Because at that point, it was, the writing was on the wall that, okay, this has got to wrap up soon. I really liked the cleverness of the Doctor realizing that everybody in this dimension now that they've been pulled into the comic book realm are with basically hive mind. They can all con con connect. And I like that the, that's the resolution, that they all kind of consciously fight back against them and they've just displaced the boneless that have come out with the ones that had been pulled in, with the people that had been pulled it's in. It's a nice, simple fix. It was. But it totally works within the confines of the physics. And it, does, yeah, it doesn't and feel rushed either. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very quick fix, but it works, and it, it, it makes sense. And so by the, when I got to the end of it, it was one of those, okay, it was very clever in the way that it was coy and played with my you know impressions of what this was going to be and where it got to the re resolution. And then the doctor breaks the fourth wall again. <laughs> of course, we have to bring it full circle. But I was I was less bothered by it at that point because I thought, okay, this is a one-off. So, well, and the fact that I struggled with it, but then when it got to the good resolution of not even a resolution, but when it, when it really started to take off, then I was like, okay, I'm all right with this story. The fact that they could all communicate while they're in that shared universe is also kind of a nice meta nod to the shared universe of comics, anyways, mm -hmm. which is what I appreciated about that aspect of it. Well, that was another element that I uh, kept grading on my mind was, oh, this isn't going to be good because I'm going to be comparing it to the Christmas special this year all along <laughs> as well. But it didn't. It, it kind of went there. I don't know that I agree with your, this is how they should have done a comic book story. I, I appreciated the fact that it started to feel like that, but then it went off into a different realm of what the, the television yeah, well, I, the, the television was. series is a yeah. superhero story yeah. versus this is a comic yeah, book story. It's so true. they're kind of apples and oranges, but... It was a bit interesting that they went out of their way to come up with different versions of who we know, the bats, the you Batman. You got that uh, copyright. Yeah, well, that's just it. But then she alludes to the Silver Surfer, although they didn't have to show it, but she alludes to the Silver Surfer, like the so she equates it to like the Silver Surfer, and I thought, well, you went off and used an actual character for that, but I guess we wouldn't have known who she was talking about had they come up with somebody different. Maybe you couldn't that's have true. drawn the parallel as easily without seeing the as we see the comic covers on the wands, you can draw the parallels with those, but maybe just a mention of the Silver Surfer. The Silver Skateboarder wouldn't have maybe translated as well. So, Or maybe just dropping the name is okay, but if you'd have drawn a I'm picture sure of him, it would have been... Yeah. Or maybe they just would have decided, you know what, we're going to have fun. Draw the bat. Okay. <laughs> Steel Man. <laughs> Steel Man. <laughs> I think they could have come up with a better title for the Doctor's comic though then uh, time surgeon time surgeon that seems it's a shame weird. they couldn't do inspector space time <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but overall you know, i actually had a lot more fun with this one than i did with the sea devil uh, story arc it's a funner story yeah all right what do we got coming up on the schedule sean 
Well, coming up this week on the schedule for Friday Night Who, we will be watching, which one are we watching? The Ultimate Foe with Colin Baker. What? I, I wondered <laughs> if you either blatantly or subconsciously um, schedule that on the day of the inauguration. I'll never tell. <laughs> <laughs> Call me out, man. Anyway. <laughs> so the, the, the ultimate foe is on Friday for Friday Night Who. And then our show next week, we are continuing on with the Titan Comics in doing the 12th Doctor Year 2, 6 through 10. Correct? Yep. And then uh, what's the big finish that's on? That's the... That's the 8th Doctor. Grand the 8th Doctor Cosmos. Grand Theft Cosmos of the 8th Doctor Season 2. Ace Doctor Adventures. Um, and then there has been brought to my attention that my scheduling of some of the comics may be a little off with the distribution schedule of some of the comics, so I think we're going to flip, and I will get that uh, change posted as soon as we get that confirmed. But that is still also a couple weeks out. Yeah. Because the week after that is the Zygon two-parter from Series 9, and then... Yeah, the Zygon Invasion and the Zygon Inversion. Yes, and then the Zygon, or for the actual show, it will be the Zygon Who Fell to Earth, Eighth Doctor Adventure Doctor Series. Adventure, mm-hmm. Season 2. Number 6, so it's the next one. And then Zygon, when being you, it just isn't enough. For our Zygon archive. Yes. And the rest can be found on our website, travelingthemortex.com. Oh, you're, you're the scheduler. You're supposed to be finishing it Well, you got three weeks worth. That's plenty. That's good stuff. Two, that's two weeks worth. <laughs> you went three. You gave the third week. No. No. Next week. You gave next week, you gave next week and I gave the week after. That's Glenn, weeks, what's, that's the, what's the third week? <laughs> what is the third week? I'm sure it's. Uh, Glenn doesn't. Know. I'm sure it's comics, but we flip flopped them. Nope. It is the Gunfighters for <gasps> Friday Night Who. Ooh. I may be there this week or that and week. And then our review of Lethbridge Stewart, The Mind of Stone, yeah. and The Christmas Files shorts. So you have three weeks to read those books, that book, and those shorts. Um, If you'd like to uh, support this podcast, uh, we would love for you to do so. You can support us through Patreon. There is a link on our uh, website, travelingthevortex.com. And if you're already supporting us, we thank you very much. You can also support us by clicking some of those links on the right-hand side of our page and uh, making your purchases through those stores, and some of those proceeds go back to us. And, and segueing into Keith's part about where they can contact us, I thought it was interesting that our feedback this week, we had somebody wrote feedback. We got feedback. We got comments we got on our website. We got a comment on our website. And a and comment on Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. So that's three of the multitude of ways. I don't know that there's a multitude, but it's well, three of the four ways to <laughs> contact four, Twitter. Four or five. Because a couple of weeks ago, we had one through Twitter. So. Yes. All right. Anything else? Oh, well, if people want to contact us, Keith, where do they go? Go to our website, travelingthevortex.com. Fill out the Send Us Feedback tab or send it directly to feedback at travelingthevortex.com or, of course, any of the forms of social media which you prefer. All right. That's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Sometimes all, all I, I need is the air that I breathe and to love you. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.